Hello, welcome back to Drinks First. So today I have a very special guest. I am so excited. He is a good friend of mine and we're just gonna get into it. We're just gonna chat, let it all we're out. Just, we're gonna let it all out. It has been an incredibly frustrating few months. Yeah. I know that's for Multiple sure, but ways. Multiple ways, but things are picking up and I'm so excited to hear about what you've been up to and uh, so much more. So why don't we just get started uh, and you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? How old are you? Great. So I'm 23. I'm from New York City and I am currently quarantined with my immediate family, which for a lot of 23 year olds is not the most exciting way to spend the years that are supposed to be like the greatest but we're all making it work and we're all trying to just get through. So that's yeah. where I stand. Seriously, like what happened to the original plot of the movie? Like yeah, bad, writing. <laughs> bad, bad writing. 2020 needs to come to an end immediately, but we're all going to try and make it through. Um, mm-hmm. So are you working? Like, how are you keeping busy? Yeah, so I'm working, which was kind of a very weird adjustment for me just because I'm the kind of person who loves to like see friends for coffee before work, be in the office, have like witty banter and rapport with everyone on my team. Um, And I was very, very close to manifesting that, unfortunately, but then everything happens. So I've been working from home, which has, I think at first been difficult, but once you kind of get used to it, it all just becomes a routine. And on the plus side, my sister is home from medical school, so I've been able to see her every single day, opposed to like once every three months. So that's been kind of the silver lining of this all. Where do you work and what do you do? So I work in beauty marketing, specifically Mm -hmm. within the luxury hair care division. That's so, that's so interesting. Yeah, your work is very cool. Um, And where did you go to school? So I went to UPenn in Philly. Mm-hmm. So I had a very interesting track to getting there. I actually went to a small liberal arts college before then, um, which was like 180 degrees different from like the very prep school environment that I'd grown up to, mm-hmm. um, grown up through K-12. But I think at the end of the day, it really just was a great experience because I learned a lot of skills, even translating now into my work relationships or dating or friendships of like, what's the treatment that I deserve and what are the settings that I want to engage in? And if someone Mm -hmm. doesn't meet that standard for me that I have to uphold in order to be a happy human being, then you just have to kind of let go. Just two questions more. And I know things are totally different now. So I guess we'll kind of adapt it. I like to ask everybody like, What's your favorite place to go out in the city? And what's your favorite restaurant? Oof, okay. Well, that is a really good question. So I'll start with the latter. So my favorite restaurant is probably Sedell's, which I think is so good. I have been able to go there at off-peak times, like during the week or like 4 p.m. And even if I'm having a bad day or recovering from like a rough weekend, nothing really brings me back to life more than a glass of their orange juice, and some cinnamon buns. So that's probably my favorite place. That's the way to my heart. Um, They also have a great Waldorf salad, which I think is a really fun name. It reminds me of Gossip Girl. (laughs) You feel fancy when you order it. 
And my favorite place to go out, I think it depends on the setting, to be honest. For me, I think over the past few years, I've definitely kind of just recalibrated from needing to like be at like the club and the bar until like 4 p.m. and like living for the late night food. Whereas now I'm really just a fan of like those deep, meaningful conversations at like midnight at a friend's house. But Mm -hmm. maybe that's a product of quarantine (laughs) opposed to my maturity. Who knows? Um, But before all of this happened, I really was getting into like the drag queen scene and these kind of small gay bars. You just kind of like be yourself and dance with your friends and not the pressures of like a normal heterosexual establishment. Yeah. Do you have any names? Yes. I, so I like industry industry mm-hmm. is kind of where you want to wrap up the night but I also like Rise which is also in Hell's Kitchen they have a really good frosé and then downtown I mean Stonewall is a classic and then Pieces I also really like that's where I saw Britta Filter who is who was on this last season of RuPaul's Drag Race in person mm-hmm. um which was so much fun and she was great so love- my my weekly haunts yeah pre-quarantine I mean we'll see now what happens but yeah well uh, why don't we just get into it let's get into it let's get, get into it. it take a sip of your rosé I have my rosé very tannic I want to hear all the tea I want to hear about your dating life mm-hmm. tell me let's let's try and start from the beginning yeah so I mean honestly probably for me the beginning I would say like if this were to be like a movie. The first scene would be sophomore year of college, but you'd have like the like the animated shorts beforehand that kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> so the animated shorts for me would be like eleventh or twelfth grade. Mm-hmm. I think that was when I started to kind of realize that there were a lot of people in my grade who were heterosexual men, and I didn't have a lot in common with them, and I wasn't sure if that was because I didn't wear certain brands or I didn't like certain activities. So then I went to college and I didn't really have a grand coming out ceremony because my high school friends, they essentially would touch base with each other and say like, hey, we know he's gay yet. Like, no, not yet. So, so we kind of had to dance around that for a bit. But once they knew and I knew that they knew, Mm -hmm. it was kind of open, which I really prefer. Mm-hmm. And then in college, I went and I was totally new. So I felt it was a nice way for me to just kind of skip that coming of age, love Simon part of sexuality and just be a person who's many things. Yeah. And, you know, I think the concept of coming out, like, quote unquote, coming out is just archaic. Yeah. And I really do think that, like, even when we were younger, that was like a thing. It was a thing. I know in my my brother, he went to an all-boys school. Like, boys made, if, if they were gay, they made the effort to come out. And it was, like, a big thing. I think now it's just become way more, at least in our environment, it's become way less of a big deal. Yeah. Just, like, you exist and it happens. Like, there's no need to, like, do this whole thing to, yeah. to like you know, let people know. And that should be the way it is regardless because exactly. it's not, it's not like we're celebrating something different. We're just mm-hmm. like being ourselves. Yes. And I think especially for people who I think need, like want that experience and want to feel 
that reminder that they are still loved and accepted, mm-hmm. it's great. But I think for me, like, had I came out in high school, I could have been pigeonholed to be the head of, like, the gay affairs club, even if I really mm. didn't want to, or people who I had known since kindergarten, I didn't need their moms and dads talking about my sexuality at the parent association meetings. I really didn't need that. But once I went to Penn and I was very comfortable there and I felt like I could be myself fully, then I came out to my parents during fall break. So sophomore year. Yes, sophomore year Mm -hmm. of college, just because that felt like the right time. Mm -hmm. Because when I was going into Penn, there was a lot of things up in the air too. um, And I didn't want to to like bombard them with the, I want a like egg crate for my bed. I want a PBT and footrest and I'm gay. Like I didn't want to like, <laughs> add the things to their list of like matters to think about and try to navigate correctly. You're like, here's the bed, bath and beyond checklist at the bottom. I am gay. <laughs> yeah, this, this PSA. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, like having been friends with people and they knowing and them knowing that I was gay and not being a, making a big deal of it really set me up to talk to my parents with a similar level of just kind of I'm gonna make up a word lackadaisicality just being lackadaisical and matter of fact about it so during fall break we were eating sushi in my dining room and I remember I just had this weight on my shoulders like I need to get something off my chest um and I remember my dad was like, oh, this sushi's really good. The wasabi's really spicy. And then I just kind of yawned. And as I was yawning, I was like, I'm gay. <laughs> I just kind of let it out there. It didn't really need a whole like experience of my like inner mindset, just because I don't think that really concerned them. Mm-hmm. But I came out to them through that. It was a very matter of fact. And they, aside from, I think, choking on a little piece of rice because I did it so suddenly, were really great about it. They had hunches, but they were of the party where if I want them to know, then I'll talk about it with them, which mm-hmm. I really respect. You you get to Penn and you're like sort of figuring out yourself. You've come out to your parents. What sort of experience did you like did you have post that? Was it like an immediate awakening or was it a slow build? Mm-hmm. So I think it's definitely very strange because going from home back to college, you kind of feel like you're like ready to hit the ground running and get going again. Yeah. And factor in the fact, like the idea that you just kind of shed this persona that you feel like you're hiding behind and you can totally do all of that, but also like being a hundred percent genuinely yourself. So mm-hmm. not going to lie. I expected myself to like come back to Philly, have a line of suitors out the door waiting <laughs> to, like, give me a dowry to complete my sexual, <laughs> like, bl- like, come to terms. Um, but it was really the same. Like, it wasn't that different. And I think a part of me was hoping that, like, I would all of a sudden find where all the dateable people were. But mm. they, there wasn't anyone. There wasn't anyone different. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think at that point, being like nineteen, I couldn't go out. I couldn't go to gay bars and experience the gay world in that sense. So it was more of educating myself through gay media and having gay friends, but also realizing that there are different ways to be gay. The the three years following after, did you have a relationship? Were you hooking up with people? Like, what what was that looking like for you? Yeah. So as I kind of went through college and navigated Philly, I met a lot of people. There were 
some people who I was in clubs with who after like a formal, we would hook up, but then one person wouldn't look the other in the face the next day and it wouldn't be healthy. And I think, again, that's part of when college gives people a free pass to kind of act not so nicely to each other. Which, For sure. of course, like, it's a rite of passage. I went through it, but I felt like shit afterwards and it wasn't great. But I think from all of those moments, I just kind of had to recalibrate and recalibrate to find mm-hmm. what I did like. So senior year, I... It's so funny and it's so messy. Um, so <laughs> we love messy. We love messy. Um, so I was out with two friends, with three friends on my 21st birthday. It was a Tuesday. It wasn't a going out day, but it was the day. Every, every day is a going out day. <laughs> every day is a going out day. Um, so it was my birthday on that very special Tuesday. I coincidentally had my evening class canceled. I was ready to celebrate. Um, I had like my ceremonial birthday bottle of champagne and I drank it with some friends who had already turned 21, one of which was 20 at the time. So she dipped off after dinner, but we went to my favorite restaurant. We got like one of those giant like fish bowls with like gummy sharks. Yes. Never. It's never going to be allowed post-corona, like 1200 straws and a giant fish bowl. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) But I got it when I could. Um, Mm -hmm. So then we went to this bar in Philly. There were like, I think three bars you could go to. There were gay bars you could go to. There was Woody's, which was kind of like the go-to one. It was like the most famous. It was most well-known. Then there was Tavern on Carmack which had an older audience. The bottom floor was a piano bar. The top floor was like a dance lounge. And then the third, which I decided to go to that evening, was called Voyeur. And nothing good ever happens at an establishment called Voyeur. (laughs) (laughs) So I went there and I was just having a great time. Like, keep in mind, like I had my champagne and then the punch bowl. And I was just really feeling 21. Mm -hmm. So I... Remember, like, I was, like, dancing on the elevator platform. Keep in mind, this is, like, 9 p.m. on a Tuesday. And it's me and then my group and then one other group. And I just end up, like, befriending this random person. Like, give him a hug. Say, that, like, give him a weird compliment. Like, like I love your eyebrows. Like, very random <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and then me also being at the same point in life when I could go to gay bars was having the kind of like resurgence of me being gay and wanting to act on that. Mm -hmm. So I was also on apps. Fast forward a few days and turns out this person and I had actually matched on like Tinder Mm -hmm. and also had met the night of my 21st. I was going through photos and I literally found him in the background, um, which is super funny. So we ended up chatting and then we went on a few dates and it was really nice. It was very lighthearted. Yeah. I think was a perfect thing for me just because I knew what city I was going to after graduation. I found out in September um, and I had really not wanted to get in something too like deep during my last year of college, but he and I stayed in touch from my roughly my 21st birthday that very fateful Tuesday all the way up until the end of college we had dated texted gone to dinners together met each other's friends yeah which was nice and he went to Temple and I went to Penn so um the shows that there weren't eligible bachelors at Penn because I literally had to outsource 
<laughs> to find that always to tends to be the case at most so we ended up dating for a while but come april i was going to be moving back to new york i already had i already was feeling that kind of social pressure to develop relationships with people that were moving to the same city as me after graduation mm-hmm. that could easily be continued whereas people moving to other parts of the globe would be a lot more difficult. So I think I subconsciously didn't seek those people out as much, Yeah, um, which I don't think was the right thing to do. And I, granted, I'm still in touch with people, but I was really thinking long-term and he was going to be in Philadelphia. And then he found out he was going to be in LA and I was mm. in New York City. And I feel like the caricatures of New York City pre-professional gays is very different than the West Hollywood types of gays right so that wasn't a red flag but it was something that I was like and this is how we are different mm-hmm. so I remember that we we're gonna hang out I really wanted to see his apartment after a while because his apartment then was in this really nice building that all the grad students lived in and I wanted to see the pool on the top level and it was, <laughs> it was not a good motivation um to want to like go home with him but we got dinner at this new yeah, but there have been worse motivation <laughs> worse motivation um so we got dinner and i had this really good like margarita um and at this point again we weren't exclusive it was again very light and we watched tv shows together and see each other like every week or so um and i literally remember like we were having dinner and just the elephant in the room was we're going to separate coasts in two months. Like, what are we going to do? And I really thought like, not to be selfish, but I was like, I want to get closure on my college experience. And frankly, you and I have, I didn't say this to him, thank God, but I was like, you and I have coexisted while I've been in college, but you aren't my college experience. So I don't think I really need to pursue this more. Again, I didn't say that at all. That would have been so mean, but I mean, he was tearing up. I was eating a fish taco because I hadn't had dinner. So so I was really hungry um, as I was break, as we were breaking up with each other. Um, and we went our own ways. And it was really sweet. Like his last words were like, you are great. Like, don't forget how amazing and nice you are. Not to like plug myself on your podcast or anything. I mean, that's the whole point. So it's fine. <laughs> but I think, again, like that was one of the relationships when I really just went into it realizing that they're was not any pressure at all. Like we to start had no mutual friends. Um, he was just someone who I happened to meet on my own, and it was nice because I could be <laughs> authentically myself to him. Yeah, and he would get to know that. And if he liked it, great. If he didn't, at least he knew me for who I was. Yeah, honestly, I feel like that's some of the best relationships that yeah. people can have are the ones that are like not super connected in their circle. Um, whether that means you meet while you're out or you meet on a dating app, there's always some like merit to putting yourself out there and being with somebody who's like so out of like your scope. Because sure. then you can like one, there's less pressure on having so many things intertwined with that person. Mm-hmm. And then two, you just like can be yourself and like you have so much to learn from them. They have a lot to learn from you. Just generally, I think that's like the best kind of relationship really what someone can be in yeah and again like going back to like the looking to other schools for people to date like I think it goes back to even though Penn was a relatively large school everyone knew everyone's business and yeah at parties and you would see that one person from your class like being a little responsible or having a good time in the corner and everyone (laughs) just kind of knew what each other was up to and 
for me, like I was, again, still navigating my identity as I think we all always are. Um, yeah. And I really just wanted someone who wouldn't hear about me or learn about me through other people who would learn about me from the source, which I think was yeah. super important. So did you have like any experiences at Penn prior to this like more serious relationship that kind of made you like be like, all right, well, maybe I'm looking for something more serious or it was, you know, just like a fun thing that you did? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I routinely vacillated and partly still do between wanting to be like super monogamous and then just Mm -hmm. wanting to do what I want and be on my own journey and not say use people disposably, but engage with people in less serious manner. Serious manners. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And of course, and like going back and forth, I realized that the engagement people in less serious manners, maybe what he wanted to do after like a vodka soda or two, yeah. in the long run, what gives me joy and happiness and makes me feel respected isn't that. Granted, like in the moment, that's great. And everyone has met a friend, met a new a new special friend while out, and then gone home to check out like their candles or meet their dog and spent the night. As right. we all do. Um, but I think for me, like that just really wasn't what was super gratifying in the long run. So yeah. leaving college, I was really just first off a little burnt out, as I think we all are. And yeah. then secondly, I just wanted to make sure that the ways that I engage with people were on terms that I was comfortable with so I could have that cut off right from the beginning opposed to like mm-hmm. after I've invested months into them just to find out that they are not over someone else or they aren't ready for anything, not even serious, but communicative and transparent. Do you find it harder like in the gay community finding something like more monogamous? Do you find it that it's, do you find that it's more casual or or you don't really have that much issue with that? So as a very as like a very young person in, in the community, um being 23, I think people my age, it's so funny. They are at one, either end of the spectrum. They either are dating someone who they're high key gonna get married to, yeah, and like raise gorgeous babies with, or mm-hmm. they are just kind of playing the field. And it that's fine. The rough thing is when one person th- acts like the first and is actually the second, and you're like, well, why do like I tell you about my family when you just want to like have Fuck. someone to like, lay over? Like, yeah, like, no. And honestly, a part of me has worried like, well, am I being too mean? Am I not giving them enough of a chance? And I think honestly, just being at home for all of this time during quarantine has really made me think like if you are dming me randomly just like photos of i don't even know like your view you don't want to know how i'm doing as a person i don't think that that is a type that is going to really amount to my long-term happiness yeah like the superficial like I'm gonna drop in when it's convenient for me kind of person yeah, I mean plot twist it's never convenient for me I have <laughs> friends I have mental health I have fitness I have a job like unless you doesn't feel like work it's not worth it Tea. And, <laughs> and like it's taken me so long to say that because I was like oh well maybe he didn't see his phone or maybe his phone is broken as anyone does it like in early college or late Mm -hmm. college, I don't judge. Um, But it just, I think, comes down to, like, again, like, do I see you as someone who I could theoretically bring home to my parents and they would approve of you? 
I think. Yeah. I mean, mutual, I mean, friends and parents are the two groups that just know whether or not someone's right for you and also why you are bringing them into your life. Mm -hmm. Well, gay, straight, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like if somebody is not treating you with the utmost respect, then that person is not worth your time. We as people make so many excuses for like, oh, well, they didn't text me back. Maybe they're not looking at their phone or... Oh, they're looking at their phone. (laughs) Everybody's looking at their phone all the time. People have freaking Apple watches. Like, (laughs) push to your... Like, somebody... They will respond to you if they want to respond to you. For sure. And that is just, like, the sad fact of the matter. And I think everybody needs to hear that, you know. Yeah. Once a week, (laughs) set the reminder on your phone. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, honestly, like, I feel like all my friends, I've noticed the commonality of them is a lot of them, like, they're just like unconditionally themselves and they own it. And that's what I love about them is like, if they are going to be super honest with you, you know, it's genuine. They're not going to worry about like how a photo looks or they're not going to like meet you one time and then not say hi to you and passing another time mm-hmm. in college. Like all my friends are super, I think like defined personalities, which I love. So it's frustrating to see these guys who really don't have much going for them. Um, with making these powerful women in my life feel like shit because they are not and it's just like it's tempting to see someone and realize that like this could be your key to happiness if you change just a bit but that's that's a red flag like never change that's why we love you um so again like it's just a matter of learning that and I think over time like you have to get burned and you have to or burnt and you have to develop that thick skin so that when you do find someone who meets you on terms you're you're comfortable with it's not gonna leave you feeling horrible afterwards yeah for sure so post-college like pre-covid i can't believe this is like a time frame that we have to talk about it's like an era it's like the renaissance period and then like like i know uh well so what were you doing like when you got back to the city what was the vibe so the vibe of that first summer was just kind of like hanging out going out like i was finally young and 21 and like in good shape before my quarantine hot pocket diet hit um so I was like going out with friends and having all these new experiences and from that I was kind of learning what I did and I didn't like so for example I realized that like I don't find it fun to go to straight bars only for multiple months then I feel like I go there and I can't dance a certain way or I can't like have like a certain drink or holding my pinky up or whatnot without being differentiated. Do I think people really care? No, but just having that pressure there and knowing that you are a little bit different still doesn't feel super comfortable. But going to a place like Rise or Industry, these are places where you walk in and like no one cares. Like everyone is having a good time. Someone's probably more sober than you. Someone's definitely more drunk than you. Like it is good. Have a friend, wingman, your friend, all that good stuff. So Throughout the last year of college, I was, it's very funny, I was kind of like, I had been on Bumble the previous summer, back when I was on apps, because now I'm really not on any, because I've mm-hmm. learned that that's not for me, um, but I was on Bumble with him, with this guy, and we had matched or whatnot, and then we had somehow stayed in touch, and had Instagram, Insta, DM throughout the year, and then it got to, like... I don't even know, like winter break my senior year and then spring break my senior year. And we were like FaceTiming and I like knew his parents' names and he knew my parents' names. And we 
had a bunch of mutual friends and it seemed perfect on paper. But then we finally like went on a date, actually I think like late August last year. And I remember like he just was very kind of like rude and stuck up and really wanted to spend time just like talking poorly of my friend who had dated his friend a while ago and just kind of like get that out and didn't want to hear about like my life, which is again, it's like, I like, if I want to talk at someone, like I can literally go to a brick wall. Like you're not responding. (laughs) A lot of treatment that I think just like I wouldn't give to someone. Yeah. So of course me being young and having a little bit of a thinner skin was like, Oh, well, like that wasn't great, but I'll give him another shot. Granted, we never went on another date again. Mm-hmm. But we had stayed in touch. And then over time, like I like initiated things and there was always something that was on the schedule that he couldn't move. Or I'd be like, oh, let's hang out. And he'd be like, oh, what about like three weeks from now? And it's like, in three weeks from now, I could be a whole nother sexuality, another sexuality. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't get to book that far in advance. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously. Um, so then turns out like I was doing really well at my job and I was getting lots of praise. Like the endorphins were popping off. I decided to just like, you know, one last shot. It's been a while. He's DM'd me like emoji responses to my stories, whatever that even means. Um, So I messaged him like, oh, we should do something like super cute. I was like, oh, we can do something festive, like two Jews in New York City. Really fun. Um, Really really soaping it up. Um, And then... It was like, oh, I'm actually seeing someone. And I was like, oh, that hurts. Because the reason why he didn't want to go on other dates with me was because he wasn't ready to see someone. So I was just like, well, I didn't get the short of this. Like, I didn't get the stick. Like, yeah. someone else got the stick. Like, this Throw sucks. the stick out. Burn the stick. The burn stick is the not even... Burn the goddamn stick. The stick's not even worth it. That happened to me as well once. So I know how that feels. And yeah. it's just like... You're like, all right, well, I guess I'll just go fuck myself. Like, yeah, it's but, fine. Like, real, no, but like real-time updates, I kid you not. So my friend, who had been his best friend's ex a while ago, yeah. follows him on Instagram. And turns out, because we were looking on his Instagram when we were out, just like, you know, in a little, like, mood, um, just kind of pissed off and wanted to, like, shit talk him. Turns out his boyfriend was someone that I had actually been with a year earlier, which is wild. Oh my gosh. And then now consider the fact that he requested to follow me on Instagram two days ago. Like Instagram is not a valid means of communication. It's not. Like carrier pigeon is more legitimate than Instagram. (laughs) Instagram, like people say Instagram is the best dating app. And I think that's true in some regards because like you are making your own decision to approach someone. It's like how people, an Instagram DM is akin to like, what going up to somebody in a bar was like mm-hmm. 10 years ago, but it is not like you can't, you can't keep having a conversation going up to somebody at a bar. Like it's just, it has to be established. Like get off of Instagram, like sending an emoji means jack shit. It's like the jack laziest shit. way you can communicate with somebody. It's a good way to like slide in, but if it is consistently happening, you want to slide in. Yeah. It's like, no, we're not, we're not like trying to go through like Groundhog Day. Like, I don't need yeah. you to consistently be sliding in. Like, yeah. let us, let's like establish something and then take it from there. But if the person is like not down to do that, next. Yeah, exactly. And I think, 
again, that was one of the moments when I just kind of kept developing a thicker skin. And I think I'm a very nice person, very empathetic, that I always want to think like, oh, well, maybe they're going through something or they're a multidimensional human being who knows why they're acting a certain way. But after a while, you just kind of have to cut them off because they're not going to work for you. And then I think going forward, I don't know if you want me to just ramble on and on because I very happily will. Um, But then I think my next relationship was totally different than that. where It was super communicative and it was super boundary respecting. It was super time respecting where I was, it actually worked out super conveniently. And I, again, still think very highly of this person who just don't Mm -hmm. have any business dating. Um, where our mutual friends set us up, which is, in my opinion, always a good read because they can't be an asshole to you because then their friend will get on their ass about it. So we grabbed drinks before our mutual friend's birthday party, which was Drinks nice. first. Drinks first. Always the way to go. I chatted with him then. Super nice. Again, no, like minimal pressure, just genuinely being myself. I literally showed him what I bought from the the Barney's going out of stock or going out of store sale, like super pretentious and very heavy to lead with, but he, he didn't mind. So, okay. Um, so then we really nicely just chatted, got to know each other, very honest. And I remember I literally told to him at this point, I was like over the previous person or at least getting over them. So I told him, I was like, my time is valuable. Your time is valuable. We're both new to being young and, independent in New York City like if I don't see something with someone I'm not going to waste their time or my time Mm -hmm. super true and again he appreciated me saying that because over the duration of our relationship I always knew that the person was there and it was just very nice because I could learn new things about myself like what was I comfortable doing on the third fourth date do I like the bad boy who makes me chase more do I like the nice guy who actually cares how I am. Turns out it's the latter. Um, And this person really taught me that, which I appreciate a lot and is going to be instrumental going forward. But ultimately we ended things just because I think a combination of certain factors really just reached a boiling point where I think he was getting a little overwhelmed, which I totally understand. You and I grew up in New York City. We're not people who were like new to the city and new to the communities like I know who Peter in New York City is, but people who are new need to find out what are their little bubbles, who are their closest friends. If they want a break from them, who do they go see? So ultimately he needed, and I don't know where he is now or where he stands on this, but he needed time to realize who he was in relation to New York City. And I think that mm-hmm. is something that I totally understand and genuinely cannot <laughs> cannot empathize or cannot sympathize with just because I literally I'm moving back to the neighborhood that I grew up in. So I know everything. Yeah. Um, or ideally I would know everything. No, but it's true. Like when, when you're from New York city, it's just a different ball game because you're mm-hmm. not getting used to the, like living here, living in a small apartment, taking the subway, finding a group of friends, like knowing what restaurants you like to eat at. Like everything is so much, so exciting that it's like hard for people who just get here to be able to navigate it. So for sure. Whether you're like a seasoned New Yorker, it's just, it comes more naturally to us. So I totally understand him like needing that space yeah. to, to kind of figure out who he is before he like bases that in somebody else. Yeah. And, and, I, yeah. and I remember and like, walking away from that like interaction, not feeling mad, but just kind of feeling like, 
like, you know, that mood when you go to a restaurant and you're really excited for like the clams and they hate to tell you that they're out of clams, but you're already seated there eating the bread. Like, yeah. you're like, okay, this is what it is. I'll make the most of it. I'm going to still have dinner. Like, I'm alive. I'm well. Like, this person was a very nice experience, or gave me a very good experience. Like, I respect them. They respect me. Great. Done. And, like, maybe I'll have clams another time. Clams. We'll get clams another time. At the yeah. Moment, clams for everyone. <laughs> So was that like the most recent like fling that you sort of went through? <laughs> um, that's the most recent concrete one. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. Afterwards, someone who I actually know the same way I know him reached out to me via Instagram. And again, Instagram red flag. Um, dating app. Exactly. Biggest dating app is Instagram. And it was just like it was it was coquettish banter, but the second when I was like, "You don't know me that way," like, "Don't talk about sex to me," like that's a little weird. Yeah, um, which again, maybe that's just me. Um, he kind of got super uncomfortable and retreated. Um, mm. and again, like, no tea, no shade. But I think that was my little way of being like, if push comes to shove, or if we can say, if hog comes to kiss in a romantic setting, are you going to be here for not just the cute texting and like the photos of like the sunset but are you also going to be here when I literally want to talk about things yeah and we can't read into that interaction too much but it shows that you were probably there just for lighthearted banter and the second that I talked about anything more concrete it came to a halt and for me yeah. that is kind of the that's like the weed out class of relationships were they colleges that's the weed out class where you think you want it but then when it when you have too many flashcards, you don't want it anymore. You're not doing that anymore. That was the moment. And again, now I live my life with my friends and my family and my health. You know, I think what's something that's like interesting from my experience, like with my like close friends who are in the sort of LGBTQ like plus community, mm-hmm. there there's a lot of pressure on gay men, like in how they act and whether like the way that they present and like what you were just talking about, somebody like being so upfront about sex. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's so apparent, like maybe even more so in the gay community than it is in the straight community. Mm -hmm. Like, do you, do you feel like those pressures to act a certain way, be a certain way, or am I completely like off base here? No, I think you're very like in tune with, with, experiences that people are having I think for me I definitely did feel a pressure I mean of course there were those really funny Instagrams like the LA basics which literally just kind of poke fun at like the LA gay experience through a buff chiseled Ken doll (laughs) our standards physically you want to have the perfect body the perfect jawline you may have to go get filler or like your lips done but you will look incredible you want to have the perfect nightlife group you want to have the nice Instagram photos, the Speedos from like three brands that all gay guys know, as well as a perfect job and the Equinox membership. And again, like it is a lot of pressure to the point of like, is this who I am? And once you find out that that's just one way to own your identity, it becomes very freeing. For the first few years of me understanding who I am and the path I want to have, it definitely was difficult to kind of see all that happening 
and see someone and be like, oh, well, they have a better body than me. Or this Instagram couple is so happy. Like, are they happier than me? Which I think everyone feels. Yeah. So I think over time, like, it's again, developing that thick skin. But I do think that being in a community where the common thing at its core is that, at least for gay men, is that you enjoy the male body can Mm -hmm. very, very easily skew to hypersexualized. And it's a process of acknowledging that and then unlearning it if that's the experience you want to have. I think for me, like when I was vacillating between wanting to be monogamous with someone and just wanting to play the field, I had to realize that something that I had been taught because no one's parents teach them, I mean, for the most part, based off my experience, teach them how to be gay, you have to learn it yourself. And when you learn it through fitness models and porn, like it's not really going to be something that amounts to real life happiness. Yeah. No, for sure. I think that's really important for like a lot of people to hear gay or straight, but Mm -hmm. I feel like it's way more prevalent in gay communities and it's, it's not fair. It's just not fair. It's unrealistic expectations. For sure. So during quarantine, have you just been like chilling? You said you're not really on the apps anymore. Like what's, what's up? I've been gathering dust. Um, (laughs) but I mean, for me, I think that quarantine and stay at home and everything that has gone on in the past few months has really just forced me to think of things differently, not just in like who my friends are, but also just the way that I engage with the world, like the way that I may see, like the feelings I feel when someone sees like a black man on the sidewalk and goes to the other side of the road, like moments like that, my responses to them have totally changed from kind of complacency to, oh, it's not anything, to realizing that this is a product of larger trends and larger things that we've been fed. Again, standards Mm -hmm. that we are maybe consciously or subconsciously upholding. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I've been busy having that really, like, come to God moment of social justice, even though I went to a SJW college freshman year. It's a little delayed, but... I mean, for me, a deal break, <laughs> I don't know if this is like too intense, but I mean, no, I am, tell me. Fine. a deal breaker f- for me is someone who wants to date in a pandemic. So dating in a pandemic is not conducive to finding people who I think respect others' health and wellness. Like that's mm-hmm. another feeder. Um, so I don't really feel much of a desire to like go to bars and meet people because yeah. if I'm going out and if I'm touching like a doorknob that could be dirty for you like you better be worth it <laughs> like, <laughs> like you better be paying for the drinks or at least splitting and you better be worth it um, true right now this is a moment in time I'm really using it just to be closer with the people that are around me now as well as just kind of recalibrate in the way that I interpret and engage in the universe yeah for sure so what are what are you sort of looking for now? Like, what do you want to get out of this? Now, honestly, like, I'm not expecting anything on the romantic front, to be honest. Like, maybe, like, if the seed is planted, great, but I don't expect it to bloom during this time. Like, Yeah. Well, we'll see, like, what happens. If, uh, the whole point of this is, you know, the DMs, the DMs are wide open. Yeah. So let's see if somebody <laughs> resonates with what you said but we're just gonna wrap up now and at the end of every episode we do something called shots oh my gosh so we're gonna do rapid fire questions 
and you're just gonna give me answers like quickly. Okay. Be ready to do some shots. Am I ready? <laughs> I think so. All right, you're ready. You're ready. ready. All right. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Shoes or jackets? Shoes. iPhone or Android? iPhone. TikTok or Instagram? Instagram. Zoom or FaceTime? FaceTime. Spicy or mild? Spicy. Money or fame? Money. Coffee or drink state? Drinks. And if you had a boat, what would you name it? Oof. Um, I'd call it Ariel. SS Ariel. Like the little SS Ariel. It's oh, little- cute. Cute. <laughs> okay, awesome. Thank you so much for giving me Thank your time. You for having me. This was so much fun. I'm excited for everybody to hear you. And obviously, like I said before, the DMs are wide open. So if anything our guest said resonates with you, come slide through the DMs at drinks.first on Instagram. Um, And if you don't have an Instagram, you can email drinksfirstpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much. I hope you had fun. And... I will talk to you soon. We'll see you soon. The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.